Well, you know what that is? That is the sound for straight talk. My name is Father Richard Kunst. We've been uh, talking already for a half hour on this show, but now this is your time to talk. I'm here with Cindy Jennings, my co-host, and we want you to call in with your questions about anything under the sun that might have some impact on our faith or some effect on our faith or by our faith, which is pretty much anything under the sun. And so the number is 877-795-0122. Again, that's 877-795-0122. Or you can actually submit your question via Facebook page. And so uh, we are always looking for bold, gold star um, uh courageous people to make a phone call. I always give a gold star to the first person that calls. That means absolutely nothing, but it's still a gold star that you get for the day. And again, the number 877-795-0122. There's so much going on in the world, so much craziness going on in the world. And anything even in regards to our last guest in regards to the end-of-life issues, any question that you might have about our Catholic faith, where our faith stands, what things are going on in the world that the faith might speak to, this is your time, and we take even if you have even if you don't want to be on the air, you can make a phone call and submit the question. And it'll be asked for you, but we're just looking for people to come up and um, reach out and try and figure out uh, the 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 craziness of this life and where is the truth to guide us through. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Let me ask you this: Have was there anything that you learned in that last segment that you didn't know? I think the um. Uh, <clears throat> the idea of his focusing on that I hadn't given any thought to about that whole transplanting or, yeah, or, or transplantation to make sure that the person is deceased. To me, it's never even been, a, it's never been in my mind. You know, I've dealt, I dealt with tons of people that have done donor, you know, of, of organs. Right. I don't even think twice about, well, are they really alive or dead? You know? So yeah. And that can be sticky no, because sometimes they, they, sometimes they leave, they keep the body, you know, kind of, not resuscitate, but they kind of keep the body alive, so to speak. Yes. For you know right. harvesting, certain things have to you have to be yeah. alive, and, right? R- right. I mean, at least artificially alive. The body, biological things of the body are still working, and so um, as far as where the soul is at that point, you know, I mean, we, we, yeah. So he, so that was something that he brought up. That I was like, okay, I guess I hadn't thought of that. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. We do have a question that's being baked in the hopper right now or in the oven, but you can call at any time. That's that number eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. George do- donated his eyes. Is that it? Corneas. Is only but his I think eyes. That was, yeah. Oh, so okay. after death, thank goodness. I think that's all they could get. Really? So good, right? Yeah, that yeah. means he was... <laughs> no, well, yeah. He exactly. passed, right. I hope. Right. But you never know. No. You don't know. Yeah. Okay, we have a question. Do you want to read it or do you want me to read it? Um, I can read it. Good morning, Father. Could good you morning. say a quick prayer for Adam Johnson, the hockey player mm-hmm. who used to play for University of Minnesota Duluth, who tragically passed away during the game in England last week? It was a terrible loss of a good young man, and I've been wanting to encourage others to pray for his son. Yeah, soul. Th- Sorry, soul. Thank you. I um. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it made a lot of national news. Actually, Adam Johnson's death. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know what it was—a freak accident. I don't. I don't know what it was. I saw a video of it about um, uh, just something that should not have happened. Playing hockey, where the skate, you know, hit him in the neck and th- and he died. And so yeah, we his funeral. I think was just yesterday, and he's very local here to Duluth, having lived played at UMD, and so it hits kind of hard here. 
in our area of uh, such a promising young man whose life was cut short in a most bizarre, tragic way. So, uh, yep, in this in this day of uh, or this month of November, we pray for the souls, and we pray for uh, Adam that that he uh, may be seeing God face to face, and uh, that his family find comfort at this time. So, yeah, may Adam Johnson rest in peace. Amen. Thank you very much for that for that call again, the, or that uh, submittal of a prayer request. So again, it's eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. So I know that Adam was a, a Catholic. I don't know how much he practiced his faith. I, I, I don't know that, uh, but um, I know that his at least I think that his funeral was up at um, uh, um, Blessed Sacrament in Hibbing. Yeah, yeah. and so Hibbing. right in the church there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that would have been a, a, a tough a tough funeral. Guy uh, with so much promise ahead of him. Eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two is the number. You can um, again. You can call, submit your question via Facebook. You can call in your question. Anything that happens in regards to um, uh, the world that we are facing with, it seems like every single month it gets crazier. Every time I'm on the air with the real, you know, straight talk, I always feel like, you know, I mean, I always say, well, the world's going crazy. There should be lots of questions out there, and every month it gets more crazy. Mm-hmm. I have questions, but <clears throat> it's really more. Politics. So I, can't I like I like politics too. There's another question here. Okay, Sue is calling from Minnesota. Are IV and tube feeding considered extraordinary measures to keep one nourished? No, no, that's not extraordinary members. Uh, I mean, the, 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 that that'd be ordinary. I mean, again, it kind of goes back what Father Ralph was saying earlier. It's like what's el- what else is going on? You can't, you know, you can't. There's not like a black and white for every single thing. If this person is, um, if everything's shutting down. You know, do you keep the feeding tubes in if you know that they're like, they're it's imminent? Then no, then you don't necessarily leave the the. You can take the feeding tube out, but generally speaking, feeding food nourishment is not considered extraordinary. Depends on the at the at what stage of the process of dying that that person is in, though. You know, and yeah. it can get gray. It can. I mean, it gets gray really quickly, of course. And so it's 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 tough. That's why the book would be so good. I'm sure there's a lot of books out there about this, but I mean, this is very much up to date. I think that um, Father Ralph wrote this just recently. So, good question. Thank you very much, Sue from Minnesota. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Now, since this last show that we were, of course, it was two months ago, Cindy's, I was supposed to be in Israel. I know. I was. I, I felt so sad well, for you because I mean, this happened yeah, to Rome as well. It happened us. when we were going to so. Rome, yeah. And so, um, of course, there's a lot more things that are sad right now going on in Israel. But I was bringing a group of 48 people. We were going to leave on October 17th, and of course, the terrorist attack happened on October 7th. So, 10 days out, all these people oh. were all ready to go and. We had to pull the plug on, speaking of, uh, you know, end of life things, pull the plug on that trip. And so, uh, you know, very frustrating, but there's bigger fish uh, that need to be fried. Uh, what's going on over there in the Middle East, cons- you know, my trip is nothing compared to um, the tragedy that's happening over there. And then the craziness that's happening over here and all throughout the world in regards to protests, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's yeah, insane. It it's is. really, the, the country has lost its mind. Well, not, yeah, I mean, the, the world. There's a, a, you know, I mean, the, the culture of death is alive and well, you know, as, as Father Rolf was saying. 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. We haven't had somebody call in yet. So the gold star goes to the person who actually calls on the phone, gets their voice 
on the air, and I will I will formally honor them with the gold star and There's bonus a, star if they call from a different state we haven't heard from. Well, I you mean, can live stream. Haven't we? Well, it's true, I guess. But within our within calling our, network. Well, within or, the um, uh, yeah the network of the of yeah. the radio waves, I think that we've hit most of our states. Maybe not Montana yes. or Canada. Mm, I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, Montana would be one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We got Wyoming. So well, there's your number. And if you want, if you want, if you want to feel good about yourself today, call. Make the first phone call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Even if it's a question that's not really smart. What do you think is going to happen <laughs> with um, Israel? Do you have any type of maybe I, somewhat prediction? I know that's prediction. a little weird, but well, what, what mean, do you think is going to Israel is a world superpower? Is yeah. it, you know, as tiny of a country as it is geographically, it's got one of the most powerful conventional militaries in the world and it has to it's surrounded by enemies right and so uh we're seeing as what could have been predicted i think you know it's like you've got you know a world superpower with modern technology of of warfare against a basically a um a 17th century you know terroristic group of people with 17th century in regards to their technology you know and mm-hmm. so it's all terrible. The loss of life is, you know, I mean, we just kind of look at the loss of life and it's like, it's a half a world away. And so, you know, I mean, we don't think about that, but think of every single death is the end of that person's world and greatly impacts every single person that's around them and the sadness of it. It's unspeakable. And so from the very first, you know, attack on October 7th, which was horrific beyond um, explanation is it started with that. And now it just, war is never good, right? It's always bad. And so uh, there's no redeeming factors to what's going on. Hopefully in the end, there will be, there will be peace, but don't hold your breath for it. You know, eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. That's it. Can we have a positive? Would somebody come in and call with a very like upbeat and exciting type of question? That'd be good. Cause I'm going to be down for the ne- the rest of the day. Well, like it said a lot's happening. Yeah, there's we're, a lot we're happening. talking yep. about it. Eight, seven, and it's election day. And it's election, election day. day. Not yep. for me though. Eight, I'm in Hermantown. I'm going to say the number again. I don't know why. So every time we get on the air, I ask for the number again. Yeah. But why do I ask? I should have it memorized. I say it so many times. I know we should have it memorized, um, but you say it more than me. Go ahead. No. What is it? Do you know it? Uh, I do try know to say it, it off your. It is. Your it is. It is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Good there. job. <laughs> so, do you have any questions, Cindy? Since since I'm not giving a a gold star out yet. Um. This is traditionally my just so FYI for the listeners. This is like traditionally my favorite segment of the show. Okay, I got. But a we're not getting calls. Let's talk about John Paul the second. Yeah. And what he said about anything about end of life death. What he, that's exactly what Father Ralph was saying. Was there more than that? Or, well, I mean, I mean, you're kind of you know. I'm a John Paul guy, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, the whole culture of life. So it was every aspect of that. So I, I'm not going to rehash what Father Ralph was saying in regards to John Paul's theology. He did, wrote in a whole encyclical about it. One thing I will throw out, just to, not to, to ignore. Well, we'll ignore your question. It's is fine. that? And this is and this is a this is a, um, a maybe a sneak peek of maybe a, an on a show coming up. Is that? Um, a, and I'm not going to go too much into detail right now, but. The Bishop of Duluth, Bishop Felton, yes. has started an exploratory, oh. um, uh, I, um, I don't know what the word is, Explore, exploration of 
the potential canonization of one of the priests of the Diocese of Duluth. I couldn't think of that word when I was trying to tell the kids. I was like, um, he's... Canonized or beatification. <laughs> yeah, I so it's canonized. Uh, Monsignor Joseph Boo. This has just been announced, uh, it, like just announced this week. And so um, uh, I think that there'll be a lot more coming out of the Diocese of Duluth and next time we have Bishop Felton on the air about the story of Monsignor Boo and uh, and why why his cause might really catch fire here in uh, in northeastern Minnesota and all of Minnesota because he was actually a missionary priest throughout the entire state of Minnesota. But Monsignor Joseph Boo, that's B-U-H, and uh, I'm kind of excited about where that's going to go in the Diocese of Duluth, but uh, in the church in general. So anyhow, we finally got a question, but they're not on the phone. Do you want to read that or do you want me to read it? Sure. Um, Jenny's calling from Windermere. Like Windermere. Windermere called in regarding the Minnesota Duluth hockey player whose life was tragically taken too early. She's asking that we pray for the hockey player whose skate caused the injury. Yeah, right, huh? right. I mean, there's, I, I mean, I don't, I haven't, I haven't looked at it closely as far as what's going on, but I think there's some investigation going on. It, it was such a freak accident, and and how you, I mean, I, I, I was forced to watch it several times because I was watching. I mean, I mean, not the not, not the bad part about it, but just the very act of how it happened. And it's like, I don't know what came of it, but I, I'm sure he had no intention to go out and kill anybody. No. So we can imagine what that guy's going through. And so, uh, Jeannie, I think that's a, a good point where a lot of people might be really ticked off. <laughs> you know, that guy is, his life has been changed. Didn't end, but it changed. And so, um, uh, I want to thank you very much, Jeannie, for that, uh, for that reminder to, to pray for that guy too. You know, because I mean, yeah, pray that he didn't have that intention. Well, to I'm do sure it. he and did. How do you pray, have that intention? Of course, I'm sure he couldn't. I'm he, sure I mean, he's, you know, he's kind of um, put on the team for to to kind well, of create well, the, well, that kind of well, atmosphere. Well, but I mean that, yeah. not that he did it on purpose. No, but. you don't do something like that on purpose. But hockey is known for having certain people that are, uh, you know, tougher on the ice than others. And uh, and from what I understand, he was one of those guys. You know, and so. But, you know, I mean, it, never with the concept of it ending anything like this. All right, so we have another um, uh, question. Julie from Montana. Yeah, all right, gold Montana. Uh, that's not a gold star. She didn't call in. Oh, anyway, go ahead and you right. can ask. Okay, you get a half a star. Once recommendations for a gold standard of RCI classes, she uses Journey of Faith Handbook. So she... Yeah, okay. standard of RCIA classes. Julie, I mean, that's an excellent question, but I don't think I am equipped to answer that. And so what we're only, you know, actually, I've got an RCI program, which I think is incredible. It's, and I'm not patting myself on the back. I actually do it with another, there's four parishes here in my part of the town that, that does RCIA. And the handmaids of our Lord actually run our program. And they just do a, a rock solid job. The sisters do that. And so... I don't do what they do as far as like what books and stuff like that, but I'd just say that, you know, look for, look for the places that are really good publishing houses like Ignatius Press. You know, it's Ignatius Press, everything they put out is excellent. They've got to have something with RCIA. And so look for good Catholic publishing houses and then look at what they have for those programs. And I don't think you can go wrong with something like that. But Julie's a good question. Great idea. Yeah. It's some, um, uh, because some RCIA programs are pathetic. You know, I, I've known of people that went through RCIA and they tell me what they did. And I shake my head. It's like, you should go through it again for no other reason but then to enrich yourself with a really good program. And so uh, yeah. some a lot of people just kind of do it their own way, you know, instead of trying to follow what's tried and true in regards to 
you know, that important uh, program of RCIA. Thank you, Julie from Montana. Excellent question. We have a few other questions that are in the hopper right now, but we have to wait for them to turn a particular oh, yeah. color. The oh, number is 877-795-0122. We are still waiting for the boldness of uh, somebody to actually make a phone call, but that's okay if you don't want to do that. The calls are the the calls are coming in, and uh, we can read those questions. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. If you want the gold star, however, yeah, right, we got there's three questions one. coming in, which is amazing. why don't you read the new one there? Earl is calling from South Dakota. All right, he works in a hospital on an organ harvest team. Mm. What are the effects of keeping the body alive while waiting for the organs to be harvested by the team? Sometimes it can take a day or two when the organs are coming from another location. Yeah, I, uh, Earl, thank you very much for calling. I think that this is where Father Ralph's comments come into play. It's like the the um, the idea of making sure that this person is in fact deceased and that the uh, the means of keeping the person alive is strictly artificial. And so, it, I, um, uh, what the as far as what are the effects of keeping the body? It doesn't have any effect on the soul if the person is deceased. You know, they're deceased, and so it has no effect on the soul. On the medical side of things, Earl, you'd know better than I of how keeping a body, you know, um, going by right. artificially mm-hmm. for a day, you know that better than I would. But if the soul's not there, if the person is truly deceased, it has no effect on that person. Thank you very much, Earl, for that question. Okay, Carl is en route to Rapid City, is newly baptized, married Catholic, and he wants recommendations um, for theology of the body text. Okay, Carl, thank you very much. Um, uh, and uh, welcome to the Catholic Church as a newly baptized guy. So um, I, for me, if you're, if you're a beginner with John Paul II's theology of the body, I would not recommend reading his theology of the body directly. He's very deep. Uh, from my experience, which is limited, but I've got some experience with this, the Christopher West Introduction to Theology of the Body is excellent. There's been a few different editions of that, but uh, Christopher West, The Introduction of Theology of the Body. I'd also say if you want to be a little bit more courageous, uh, um, John Paul II wrote a book called Love and Responsibility when he was a cardinal. That is a little bit easier to read than I think. I think than what his um, uh, and than what his um, Wednesday public audience comments were, uh, but also a very deep read, but very well worth it. That's um, uh, Cardinal uh, Waitiwa's love and responsibility. Very good, Carl, and welcome to the Catholic Church. All right, we have a call from Debbie from Minnesota. Wonders what makes a lie immortal versus venial sin. A lie. Okay. Well, we uh, thank you very much, Debbie, for the question. So. You know, a mortal sin, we have to look at what, what constitutes a mortal sin. It has to be uh, grave matter. You have to be fully knowledgeable and understanding of it as being grave matter and still um, uh, do it anyhow. And so um, I w- I'm, I'm very hesitant. I, t- I, t- I tell my people I'm very hesitant to label mortal and venial sins because there's so many factors in it. I can't think of too many lies, you know, that would be to the level of mortal sin. They're probably there. They're probably out there. A lot of it depends on the circumstances, you know, of uh, of things. So I can't give an actual answer, you know, maybe to what you're looking at. But I always go back to what a mortal sin is. It's grave matter. You're fully knowledgeable of it being grave matter, and then you fully are willing to do it anyhow. And so, uh, so that I, I don't know. That's probably not a good answer either. But we'll get another question I don't know. here. Maybe like in the government, like if they know something could well, kill somebody, and then right, they... yeah, there could be all, yeah, there could be all. <laughs> Uh, Debbie from Minnesota. Oh, wrong one. Sorry. Lynn from Fargo visiting Duluth. 
went out on uh, masstime.org and saw that many parishes only had one Sunday Mass. Some didn't have a Saturday Mass. What changed since there used to be more Masses available? Yeah, thank you very much, Lynn. And so, number one, first off, I don't know if, if masstimes.org is fully up-to-date. I think that sometimes that's not uh, up-to-date information. But, you know, most of us priests, at least I can only speak to my part of the world, is that um, uh, we priests, we don't have one parish like it used to be. It used to be that there'd one priest per parish, and sometimes there'd always be, an, or lots of times there'd be an associate. There'd be two priests to a parish. We don't live in that time anymore. And so, you know, I mean, I had a par- I had one assignment where I had three parishes. Can't do can't do every mass. <laughs> so each par- each parish had one mass. And so the the lack of priests is what causes the um, uh, the you know the the lowering of the uh, the masses because you know I've got two parishes now. I, I mean. We we can only do, do so many masses, and so there's fewer masses. But you know the thing is that it really shouldn't matter because lots of times, lots of priests kind of get a little they, they can get on their soapboxes about this. Is that we do things for the convenience of the people. When people, if they really want to go to a movie, they'll make sure that they get to the movie no matter what time it is. Whereas you know we're doing all these masses, and lots of times the churches are one third full. You know, so it's like. We don't have to multiply masses. It takes a it takes a lot out of the priest. It's exhausting for the priest, and so um, uh, as as lay people, we have to be um, or you guys have to be uh, very uh, flexible in regards to where you go to mass because there's only so many priests, and for the health and well being of the priest, we have to um, uh, make sure that they are not burnt out because preaching and presiding at a mass might be a might be shocking to you. It's exhausting, and well, so you don't make it look exhausting. Well, I mean, hopefully priests <laughs> don't make it look exhausting. But by the time you get done t- setting up and talking to everybody at the end of mass and do the mass itself, it's it's an exhausting venture. And if you do like two one right after the other, first thing I do after a Sunday when I'm done with my mass, I go and I crash because I'm just exhausted. I'm drained, and so um, uh, there's fewer priests. Pray for vocations. That's so, Lynn. Pray for vocations, especially in the diocese of Duluth, but even in Fargo. Thank you very much for that question. How many masses have you done in one weekend? Wasn't there like... A- what do you mean? Like most ever? Yeah. So not ta- not counting like holidays, but like... Well, I mean, I... Did I you mean, have a church? Generally, like you had three churches? I had three like churches, but they, but they each had one mass. Okay. So generally speaking, a priest should do three. Okay. You know, I mean, we sh- we, we we actually call it trinating. You, c- you technically can't do three a day. In one oh. day. That's called trinating. You technically, oh. you're supposed to have permission for that. Okay. So anyway, we have another question here. Um, Heather from South Dakota. Can you receive communion multiple times in one day? I have a couple events in one day. Okay. Well, couple and multiple are two different things, Heather, but thank you very much for the question. So um, uh, that is a, um, uh, you know, I mean, there. that's a good question. We face it fairly often as priests. And so as long as you fully participate in the liturgy, then you can receive more than once. Uh, there used to be a uh, there used to be like um, a misguided piety back in the day where people would go and hit as many churches as they could to receive communion. They're like they're like well, and oh because they, well, we know how important the Eucharist is, you know, yes. for our salvation, for our soul, the health and well being of our souls. And so people would go to churches and maybe come in right at the end of Mass just to go to communion. And that was that's abuse. That's not that's not proper. And so the church cut back on that. Say you can't do this anymore. And then the church says you can go more than once if you fully participate. So you can't you can't show up, you know, after the homily and then go and receive. And that, that's I mean that's a, that's not the question you asked, Heather. But I see people coming into church 
in the middle of the homily, you know, and then they just, they, they shouldn't be going to communion because you have to fully participate. No, right. it's one thing if you get stuck or something like that and it's an awkward, it's a one-time deal, but I see these people that are chronically late and that they're coming after the reading every time. Well, they're not fully participating even once. So they sh- technically shouldn't be receiving. My, my rule of thumb is that if you miss the readings, you shouldn't be receiving communion. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I mean... Lot, I think that's fair. There's a lot of people out there that don't even know that we have an opening hymn at church because they're always late, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, we, we have people that are always leaving early, but there's also the problem of people that are always getting there late. And so uh, once here and there is understandable, but um, on, to do it on a chronic level... Um, I know it wasn't the question, but if you are missing a large portion of the Mass, you should not be receiving communion. If you and you do not fulfill your Sunday obligation, especially if you do it, right. you know, if you do it without, um, uh, I'm talking about without serious cause. If you just like flippantly just say, oh, I'm just going to start, I'm going to drive to church when, when church starts. Right. If you do that, you know, I mean, you're missing the, the, the Mass. Yeah, you, you know? at least got to try. God knows your heart. But here's the other thing, like, why isn't one Eucharist Enough. Like, is it not holy enough for you that you have to go no, to but the some second pe- but some, one? Like, no, I don't get no, that part. No, but some people, like, some people will say, like, well, I've got a funeral i got to go to on Saturday, but then I want to do Saturday Mass, okay. too. You know, okay. and so that's usually why people are asking that type of a question. But you said at one time people would just people go used to do that a lot. church hop. They looked at, they looked at, the sa- they looked at the sacrament more as a magic thing, as a superstitious okay. thing. That's what it I mean, like. in some levels they had the understanding of how important it is. But on the other hand, they were looking at it as like the more I receive it, the better it is for me. Well, yeah, but 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 no. Oh, yes, we got a no. call. We got a call. call. It's not Yay. here yet. But Dumma, we just have a couple <laughs> of minutes. Like clockwork, our uh, our um, call ins are always at the end no, of our segment. I would say they <laughs> okay. Started. We all right, Debbie. We have really you on. Quick. Debbie, are you there? Ooh, oh, Debbie. Ooh, hi, Debbie. Hi, 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 Father. Hi, Debbie. Hey, Did you, I was, you? I think you called in earlier with this question. Go ahead. Yeah, so here's my thinking. If it's a, you're breaking a commandment by lying, right? Mm-hmm. And I was um, always told that you couldn't commit a sin for a greater good, like because you know, you're sinning, right. which yep. caused something good to happen. So like in the instance when the people were lying to the Nazis about when they were hiding the Jewish people, right. like they're lying, but then they're doing it for a better, so how right. is that? Right. But yeah. Yeah, right. And so that would be, I mean, that would not be sinful at all. You know, I mean, and so, uh, yeah, one thing far outweighs the other, right? And so you're right that you can't, you can't do one evil to prevent a greater evil, but lying in that situation, I would not call it evil. Does that 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 make any sense? Okay, you can't do it evil to prevent a greater evil, but you can do an evil like a sin to... I would say the lie the lie that you use in your example would not be in any way, shape, considered evil if you're lying to the Nazis about you're not holding on to Jews. So that would not okay. be evil. Okay. All right. I agree but, with that. I, I had someone else tell me opposite. I mean, not uh, about the Jewish people, but yeah, just well, about I'm, I'm right, Debbie. Anyway. I'm right, Debbie, and the other person is wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Debbie, you get okay, the gold star, right, and thank you for calling, right. and uh, yeah. we'll come right back after this brief break as we continue on Real Presence Live. Thank you. 